Hello, and welcome to the Parabiblica for the Perplexed. In this episode, I will be covering the second half of the literature in the One Enoch Anthology. For an introduction to the anthology as a whole, and a discussion of the first half of these texts, I would recommend you listen to episode 4 of this podcast. This episode deals with those books in the anthology that were likely composed in the 1st century BCE and the 1st century CE. The earliest of these texts is probably the Epistle of Enoch, the text making up the bulk of the fifth and final section of the current anthology. It was probably written in the very early 1st century BCE, as its earliest manuscripts in the Dead Sea Scrolls date to the mid-1st century BCE, but it knows many of the more decidedly 2nd century BCE Enoch texts. In form, it is similar to a testament, as it is presented as a collection of wisdom and advice from Enoch to his children and descendants. It focuses on the eventual punishment for the wicked, and is organized mostly into poetic discourses. The book begins with an introduction affirming that it was written by Hanoch, followed by a brief poetic section. This section promises the reader that a time of righteousness and redemption is coming, with a specific mention of the sleeping righteous one, an early allusion to the idea that the Messiah is immortal but dormant, an idea prevalent in later Jewish thought. Hanoch instructs his children to keep to the path of righteousness and avoid the paths of sin and death, in literary terms very similar to those found in Eov, Job. It stresses the temporary nature of earthly possessions compared to righteousness, stressing like many Enoch texts the coming of the Day of Judgment. It has been suggested that this Enoch text may have been written specifically for the emerging Enochic strain of Judaism affiliated with earlier Enoch texts, and that this type of language addresses monasticism specifically. It is likely against the Sadducees, who are viewed as being unjustly wealthy. The language then shifts to a more parallel of Echa, Lamentations, describing the overtaking of sin on mankind. It assures the righteous that they will emerge victorious over the sinners, and instructs them to accept fate, maintain honesty, and not turn against one another. The text continues in much the same fashion. The return of the righteous is compared to large birds, and light and healing will come from heaven. Many wicked groups are condemned in a style throughout that seems parallel but opposite to the style of poem found in the Beatitudes. It is known from the Dead Sea Scrolls that the style of poem in the Beatitudes was a broad style during the Second Temple, not exclusive to the New Testament texts. There follows a short apocalyptic section emphasizing the judgment aspects of the eschaton, a theme that would be more prevalent in both Jewish and Christian thought. It promises great wealth and status to the righteous, and that all the evil of the sinners will be recorded and punished. This very clear division between righteous and sinners may suggest that separate sects of Judaism were not completely divorced from one another at this point. The text continues in this style of reverse beatitudes and apocalyptic sections for many chapters, stressing themes of justice and the uncovering of sin. There is a short chapter about God's control of the universe that uses the term children of heavens, which may be a precursor to the term children of light, found frequently throughout the Dead Sea Scrolls as a reference to the last generation during the time of the eschaton who would fight the sons of Belial. The text goes on to stress that death comes for both the rich and poor, but virtue is an eternal value. 
This argumentative theme of the text, and many others, suggests a time when the rich were viewed as unrighteous, once again basing itself in the politics of 1st century BCE Judea. At this point, a new segment of the text is introduced, continuing largely the same content, but claimed to be from the books and tablets of heaven. The text describes the angels recording all the deeds of man and likens it to Hanukh's own scribal activity, encouraging the reader to read and celebrate the words of the Hanukh texts. The text concludes with a promise that true wisdom will be revealed to man. The next text, The Exhortations of Enoch, serves as an introduction to this previous epistle of Enoch in the current anthology, and may have been written for that express purpose. Some scholars even consider it to be part of that original text. Most agree, though, that it was written shortly after the epistle, in the early 1st century BCE. The text begins with a short narrative similar to those found in the beginning of Testaments, wherein Hanoch instructs Metushalach to gather all of Hanoch's sons so that he may impart wisdom to them. He does so, and Hanoch speaks divinely to them, instructing them broadly to be righteous so that they avoid the punishment that will come to the sinners. This seems to be a thematic summary of the epistle and perhaps other Enochic texts. Hanoch promises to show his sons the paths of light and the paths of darkness so they can walk the path of light, which seems to be a direct lead into the epistle. The next text I'll be discussing is the Book of Lamech. This text is lost despite being in a number of lists of apocryphal books from antiquity. There are two possible contenders for this Book of Lamech. One is that it concerned the Lamech descended from Cain, who is the subject of the peculiar Song of Lamech in Genesis, as there is a consistent legend concerning this figure found in arguably independent Jewish and Christian writings, suggesting a shared source from antiquity. The other, in my opinion more plausible, option is that the book concerned the Lamech from Sheh, who is the grandson of Hanoch, son of Metushalach, and father of Noach. It is possible, however, that both of these texts existed. The latter is the one I will be discussing today. It seems to have been a narrative about Noach's birth and Lamech's reaction, at least in the portions that survive. This narrative is found towards the end of the current Enoch anthology, in addition to part of the Genesis Apocryphon in the Dead Sea Scrolls, and a few independent fragments concerning Noach's birth in the Dead Sea Scrolls as well. The text can be reconstructed to some degree from these sources. Lamech is given a wife, here named Bat-Enosh, and she becomes pregnant and gives birth to Noah. He is described with various physical characteristics, including lighting up the room with his eyes. Some of the characteristics described could parallel later rabbinic physiognomic literature. Lamech is frightened by this sight, and suspects that Noah is actually one of the sons of the Watchers. He confronts Bat-Enosh about this, and she insists that she has been faithful, urging Lamech to remember their union and pregnancy. Lamech is unconvinced, and so goes to Metushalach, his father. He relays what has occurred and his suspicions, and asks that Metushalach seek out Hanoch and ask him about it, as Hanoch is known to be wise, beloved by God, and among the council of the angels. Metushalach seeks Hanoch out across the earth and finds him in the city of Parvain, this idea of Hanoch as a wandering prophet sought out by those seeking explanation is parallel to that found in the Book of Giants, and the Book of Lamech seems to be drawing directly on that narrative. Hanoch asks Metushalach why he has come, and so Metushalach explains the situation to him and asks him not to be angry. 
Hanukkah explains to him that in Yared's lifetime, the Watchers came and describes their story and the coming flood. Hanukkah assures Metushalach that this that Noach is not a son of the Watchers, but rather will be the one who, along with his sons, will survive the coming punishment. Hanukkah also promises that similarly, one will come in the far future who will lead humanity out of a similar calamity and similarly purge sin. Metushalach relays this information over to Lamech, who gives Noach his name from the word Nachem, meaning comfort, as he will comfort the world. This may be the earliest allusion to the idea that the Messiah will be named Menachem, for similar reasons, an idea prevalent in later Jewish messianism. The next text I'll be discussing is the Tablets edition to the Book of Luminaries. It is possible that this text once circulated on its own, but if so, it is probably missing an introduction, and more likely it is simply an edition written directly into the Book of Luminaries. It may have been written to explain or contextualize the multiple references to heavenly tablets of knowledge read by Hanukkah throughout much of the earlier Enoch literature, and also important in other similar texts, such as the Aramaic Levi Apocalypse. It begins by the speaker, presumably Uriel, like the rest of Luminaries, instructing Hanukkah to read and write down the contents of these tablets. Hanukkah read these texts of all knowledge and praises God for their contents. The angels instruct him to bring this knowledge to Metushalach, who he instructs concerning wisdom and morality, the knowledge acting as further proof of the judgment. Having received this knowledge, it is Hanukkah's last revelation, and he goes forth as a prophet to all the people. He tells Metushalach to pass these books on to his descendants, that they may ever be a guide to the righteous, an allusion to the Enoch literature itself. The next text forms most of the second book. It is one of the latest of all the Enoch texts, and was probably composed in the early 1st century CE. It is one of the texts completely absent from the Dead Sea Scrolls. It makes frequent mention of a son of man, leading many to believe it is actually a Christian composition. This is unlikely, though, especially considering how prevalent the term son of man was in Judaism before it became heavily associated with Christianity. It takes the form of many parables and is therefore called the Book of Parables. In these parables, angels reveal much knowledge to Hanukkah, and it ends with a description of his transfiguration into an angel, though the name Itatron is not used. This would become the dominant interpretation to God having taken Hanukkah in Genesis. This story is very prevalent and important in such works as the Talmud and the Merkava mysticism. It also used terms like Lord of Spirits to refer to God and a chosen congregation, which may refer to the Jews in general or a specific sect or group similar to terminology in the Dead Sea Scrolls. The text begins with an introduction stating that it contains wisdom revealed to Hanukkah, ideally only meant for the elderly, and that is the greatest revealed wisdom, at least until that point. It introduces three parables to come. A description of the judgment similar to others in the Enoch texts is given. The righteous, here the chosen congregation, are rewarded. Sinners are judged and driven off the earth, and the Messiah is raised up to punish them. Revelation and holiness is bestowed upon the righteous. An interesting uniqueness to the book of parables is the emphasis placed on punishing and dethroning kings and individuals of power, which is logical if it was indeed written during the Roman occupation. At this point in the vision, Anak is given books detailing this wrath, which may be the book of parables itself, and he is set at the edge of heaven to observe the next vision, similar to the tower in the animal apocalypse. 
Hanoch sees angels petitioning God for mercy on the remaining righteous, which he grants, and they multiply and have peace. Seeing the angels before God, Hanoch begins to sing praises to God and wishes to be among them. An angel of peace then describes the angels for Hanoch. He first sees the great multitudes fulfilling their duties, and then sees the four archangels, here Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, and Uriel, as in previous Anak texts. The first, Michael, is merciful and praises God. The second, Raphael, is set over all diseases and wounds. The third, Gabriel, intercedes on behalf of man, interestingly in contrast to other depictions where he is often the tool of judgment. The fourth, Uriel, here called Fanuel, although it may in fact be a separate figure, is in charge of repentance and life, and keeps the Satans, angels of judgment, from petitioning God. He then sees many of the things known from other Enoch texts, the afterlife, earthly powers, and a brief description of the luminaries. This section also describes wisdom seated in heaven in a similar vein to the wisdom literature. At this point, the second parable begins. A similar eschatological vision to that of the first parable occurs, and Hanukh then sees an angel called the Head of Days with a man who looks like an angel. The angel informs Hanukh after he inquires that the man is the Son of Man, who is the chosen of God to dethrone all the sinful rulers of the earth and bring about a time of righteousness. All the blood and the prayers of the righteous are brought before God at once, and God answers them all. The Son of Man is sent to the earth and brings righteousness, and wisdom flows freely on the earth. Truth is revealed, and the sinners are punished for their sins that were committed in secret. Seeing this, many people repent by turning back to God during the judgment, and they are saved. Those who still do not are refused any mercy. The righteous dead are all brought back. Hanoch is shown seven mountains made of precious and useful metals, and told they will all be destroyed when God arrives on earth, symbolizing the vanity of riches and weapons before God. The mountain's remains will be crafted into riches to fight over and weapons to fight with, so that the kings of the earth will engage in battle and all destroy one another. Hanukh is shown the fire and the waters by which these sinful kings, in addition to the fallen angels, will be ultimately destroyed. After this judgment, the head of days, who is overseeing it all, relents and the remaining humans live in peace, happiness, and glory. The previously mentioned War that destroys the kings is now described in greater detail. Seeking glory, all the world powers will converge in Judea, something not unreasonable given its position between all the strongest nations of the world during antiquity. They are somehow unable to destroy Jerusalem, though, and when they are almost destroyed of each other, the remainder are swallowed by the earth, in allusion to Korach and his rebels, so that the righteous can see the end of their persecutors. Hanukh sees a band of wagons, presumably carrying the soldiers of this war. Then the third parable begins. Hanukh praises the righteous and assures them that at the time darkness has passed away, they shall live to learn all the secrets. Hanukh is similarly shown all the secrets of lightning and light. Like the other parables, there is a description of the judgment, now with focus on the righteous and the angels. It describes how the Son of Man will conquer the kings on earth, interestingly referring to the Son of Man as having existed eternally, typically thought to be an exclusively later Christian idea. An extensive and ultimately ineffective prayer by the kings of the world for mercy from judgment is presented before they are run off. Hanukkah has also shown the watchers once again. One final description of the Son of Man is presented, which likely closed out the original text of parables. 
This is followed by a short epilogue, likely written somewhat shortly after the original text, perhaps specifically to refute the text's use among Christians because of its Son of Man predictions. In it, Hlanoch ascends to the heavens with the Son of Man, and in some manuscripts is actually identified as the Son of Man, in clear contradiction with the rest of the text. He sees all the angels and is given all the secrets of heaven. He is translated into one of the most high angels himself, although once again the name Mitatron is not used. He sees the full future that is to come of the Son of Man. The final text I'll be discussing, indeed the final text both in terms of composition and the current anthology, is the Other Book of Enoch to Methuselah. It is probably written by the final redactor of the Enoch anthology, and is absent from the Dead Sea Scrolls. It forms something of a summary of the other books, describing briefly Hanukh's journeys and visions, affirming once again that the judgment is coming. And so concludes this episode of Pair Biblica for the Perplexed. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing this podcast with anyone else who may be interested, and check back next month for Parabiblica for the Perplexed, Mosaic Dead Sea Scrolls.